Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia, and you will be. So let's get planning. My very favorite time of the week, which is Q&A Thursday or whatever day you choose to listen to this, where I answer your wedding planning questions and conundrums and statements. And actually, it's turning into you sharing amazing ideas, which I just fall to the ground in praise of your creativity and ingenuity, my bride chillers and groom chillers. It's so fun hearing some of your ideas and also being able to connect different ideas to different people because you are your own community out there. And I just feel like some sort of, I don't know, moderator who comes in and goes, well done, chaps. Keep working nicely together. Which brings me to the question, by the way, I'm Alicia. Did I already say that? Don't know. Very professional. I host this thing. I'm Australian, live in London, like weddings and Nutella. Uh, It brings me to the question I put on Instagram on Sunday of this week, if you are listening in real time. And it was about if you have been bullied or harassed on a wedding forum recently, in the past, currently. After the lovely episode with Bride Chiller Grace a couple of weeks ago, she's a Bride Chiller graduate who basically left me uh, an amazing voice message. She's a news reporter and she's very professional. And she gave so many value bombs in that episode. I could have hugged her. Virtually, I did. And in one of the sort of sections of her episode, she mentioned going on a particular wedding forum, asking a question, and then just being virtually shat on by the people in the forum. And that's when she said very complimentary the complimentary that she came to listen to the Bride Chiller podcast and said it was a very supportive environment and the community around Bride Chiller on Facebook and Instagram et al. are much more supportive and generous with their nice, kind words and also feedback. And it got me thinking and reading a lot online about these sort of weird forum bullies that have found their way into the wedding world. There were a couple of people who commented underneath my post in Facebook about um, experiencing similar sort of things in wedding forums where you sort of go to have decent feedback and commentary and you'd be able to add a bit of pizzazz to your wedding planning by asking questions and being a part of a community. But so often people turn into complete psychopaths and leave awful messages or, you know, nasty and mean girls and even worse than just being mean girls are just assholes. So, It just got me thinking a little bit about that culture and how much I would like to talk a little bit about that and hear more from you about your experiences when it comes to that. Maybe you've had really positive experiences in wedding forums. I don't want to just be a Debbie Downer, but I would like to shine a bit of a light upon this weird phenomenon that is bullying, basically, but this adult bullying that's like... This is about your wedding and people putting up photographs of their wedding dress and other girls going, you look fat and this is disgusting. And you're like, what the fuck is your problem? Get a life. But also trying to find out what motivates people to do that. Is it power? Do they feel good about themselves? Are they having a bad time? Maybe they're not even engaged. Maybe they are engaged. Maybe they're miserable. Who knows? But really wanting to just get that out there, have a chat because the Bride Chiller podcast is all about, you know, the highs and lows of wedding planning, but also about the culture that we have created in uh, our society slash communities where weddings have become a huge deal and therefore 
have been caught up in this sort of social media world where everyone feels like they have an opinion and can give an opinion to total strangers. And, you know, I will say over the years of being sort of a public person, I choose to put myself out there as a performer and as someone that does a podcast and someone who has been on the television. I have dealt with my fair share of just unnecessarily opinionated People, I'm very controlled with what I'm going to say here, but it's unfortunate that people feel like they could just do it. And half of the people that have communicated with me in a negative way or in a weird way or have said what they thought would never, I'm assuming, come up to me in the street and say that to my face. But not everyone puts themselves in a position like I am and saying, hey, I'm putting my life out there and my personality out there. Uh, And I think it's unfortunate when you choose to participate in these communities that it can sometimes come back at you and and be a really unpleasant experience, especially when you're talking about your wedding. So that's it. I would like to throw open the doors and the voicemails. Uh, It can be completely anonymous. I'm happy not to use your name or if you can send me an email or under the post in Instagram. My Instagram is my name. It's Alicia McCormack, A-L-E-I-S-H-A. M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. You can Google it or go to thebridechiller.com to send me a message and just let me know how, you know, where this happened um, and also the experience and how it made you feel. That's really what I want to hear slash read. And it would be great to include that in an upcoming episode and just get a bit of a conversation happening. Because I would like to appeal, this is the weird thing, I know that there are the not wedding wire um the Martha Stewart sort of areas, uh, look, I can't, Wedding B, there's so many of these forums out there. And it's really funny because I have never tried to participate, Reddit is another one, uh, in selling the Bride Chiller podcast on these forums via advertising or me participating, which, but, you know, potentially is something I'd like to do a lot more of uh, and linger in these forums, but it's quite time consuming. And not to say, you know, (laughs) You know, I've got lots of time on my hands, but I would be interested to see the feedback from some of the forum members because they could potentially be bride chiller people waiting to be learning about what I do. But it would be good to hear your feedback and get you uh, involved. There it is. All right, enough from me. Let's hit, not the dance floor, the voice messages, because I got a lot to get through this episode and I'm excited. Hi, Alicia. It's Jessica from Greensboro, North Carolina. I discovered your podcast a week ago when I got engaged and have been binge listening to all of them, especially on my commute to work and around the house and other places. Anyways, I had one big question for you. How do you choose your bridesmaids when you have a lot of good friends, but sort of from different times in your life? I want to keep the wedding kind of small and right now my list of potential bridesmaids is like eight or nine girls and I have this dilemma because I have a group of four friends from when I lived in Texas a couple years ago well last year and we're really close and we text every day and we talk every day and so on a daily basis I interact more with them than I do with friends that I've known for, you know, eight or 10 years, but we don't talk as much. But whenever we do talk, we like catch up and we're back on the same page. And so all of them are my friends, but I don't know how to include them all and honor them as my good friends and sort of decide who's going to be the official bridesmaids and not. 
and I already can tell that it's going to have some hurt feelings because there are most of them are assuming that they're going to be bridesmaids and I'm going to have to tell some of them no and I love them all and I would like for them all to be bridesmaids but I also don't want a wedding party of you know eight or ten bridesmaids I want to keep things small um the other thing is that we're going to do is probably have a grown-up flower girl so that, that way I can incorporate someone as that but we don't want to do a lot of extra stuff during the ceremony you know I want things to be very simple and streamlined so I don't want to have like extra readers or anything like that and you know we can have someone be like a hostess or whatever but that's kind of a lame job so I don't know any thoughts on how to choose how to choose among your really good friends which ones are the better of your friends it seems like a silly question but it's actually really hard and it's made a little bit more hard after reading the blog post on the Facebook about the cautionary tale and the girl whose bridesmaid's choice was a horrible decision and the girl went psycho so I'm just trying to make the good decision and honor my friends but still not exclude anyone and manage to not hurt anyone's feelings too much anyways thanks Oh, Jess, I thank you very much for that message. And I know that there are thousands of people listening going, actually feel the same way. Because when it comes down to choosing these sort of participants in your wedding, it can be really difficult when you've got a really group, a big group of friends who you feel an affinity to and you feel like you want, as you said, to honor them by giving them the role of being a bridesmaid or a maid of honor. And it can be really hard, especially if you don't want to have that big group on the day to pick people. So I totally feel your pain. And I just want to say, if you are wondering what um, what Jess was sort of talking about, there was a great blog post in the Bride Chiller blog. And I will link to it again in today's show notes if you would like to read it. But it was uh, written by a lovely Bride Chiller blogger called Hillary. And she wrote in with a dilemma where basically she had, uh, as Jess said, a bit of a falling out with one of her bridesmaids. And it wasn't a bit of a falling out. It was a huge falling out. And it's a great read. She's very honest. And it's one of those situations you go, gosh, glad it's her and not me. One of the quotes was, if you're thinking of asking someone to be a bridesmaid because you're in their wedding and think it'd just be easier, it won't be. So don't fucking do it. It's a drama, you know, and of course, this is not going to happen. As she says in her blog post, this is absolutely an experience that relates to their personal problems, but also that you have to be careful when you're choosing people to be given a role such as this because you feel obliged. You know, I talk a lot about obligation in all facets of wedding planning. And sometimes we feel like we should do it because we've been friends with someone for a long time or we've got history with them or, as Hillary said, because she was in their wedding. But often the reciprocation doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's instantly going to be fine if you haven't been friends for a while or if there are issues. It doesn't always work that way. So I think, Jess, to answer your question, only you know the people that you want to be in your wedding. And I feel that we sometimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves to please everyone. And again, this isn't just a a, a statement about bridesmaids. This is a statement about being women in general, I think. 
I've got a great interview coming up um, in, in the next month or so with a lovely lady called Danielle Tate who wrote a great book uh, about being an entrepreneur, being a female entrepreneur. And she makes this statement about how women especially feel obliged to be people pleasers because we don't want to create a fuss. And it's a really great way to think about things that you want to please your mum and you want to please your best friend and you want to please your boss. So sometimes it's just easier to do things that aren't going to cause a fuss or a dent or a little road bump to just put it, to, put it, put them at ease rather than put yourself at ease. And in this situation, I feel like if I sat down with you and had a one-on-one and said, who were the three people? Maybe you just want to have three. I don't know how many, how big your bridal party is. I feel in your heart and just one-on-one with me, you'd tell me. Because I'm a stranger, really. We're friends, but I'm a stranger. And I'm not connected to your people. So I think it's always really good to just sit down and say, look, I don't think if these people are your friends and they love you, then I truly believe that they can come to a place of understanding if you don't ask them to be a bridesmaid. Just because you aren't a bridesmaid in someone's wedding doesn't mean they don't love you as much or they put other people ahead of you. I feel like it's a bit of a beauty pageant sometimes, a friendship beauty pageant that's so unnecessary and creates so much extra shit for you to deal with when someone takes it that it means that you've just because you've picked Sharon over, you know, Carol, two very old names, that uh, they're more important than your other friend, Felicity. So I think sometimes, you know, you know your friends and you know how they might react. But I always think if in doubt and if you come to the conclusion that they're not going to be in the wedding, that you need to make a personal decision as to whether you have a discussion, like an adult discussion, get it out of the way and just say, look, I I had a lot of choice to make. It was really hard. I've only wanted to have a smaller bridal party. I could have picked 10 people. Um, but I really hope you understand and I want you to be a part of my wedding planning and be there for me. And again, if you've got friends that are out of town and you're close with friends in town or vice versa, also it might be easier to look at how you want to go about your wedding planning and how you want people there um, to go and you know organize things with you and be really hands-on. If your bridesmaids that you know, you're considering are out of town, maybe it's not as convenient. Maybe they won't be able to fly in or travel in as much. So circumstances are also another thing. But I just want to say to everyone struggling with big decisions, make a decision that's good for you, not just because you feel bad about having to let someone else down or they've made assumptions that they're going to be a part of something or they're going to be invited or asked to do something special. Because ultimately, we can't please everyone in life that it's just not, it doesn't work like that. And as long as you have the bride chiller mentality that you are there to be you know, calm and communicative and you put out any fires with calmness, with calm conversations before they even happen, then you're always going to win. You've got to just, you know, keep it cool. And if someone's behaving or reacting in a way that's not cool, then call them on it. And I mean, call them on it and say, I'm really sorry, you know, do a Dr. Lindsay Beerer situation here and say, I noticed that you are upset and I'm, I'm worried that this is affecting our friendship and I hope that we can sort it out. That's my answer to you, Jess. I know it was a bit long, but I really feel this is like a passion project of mine, trying to empower people to feel confident to make a decision and not let people, not feel like they're letting people down because you can't, you just can't <laughs> make everyone happy all the time. 
It's impossible. We'll have to all go and live in caves if that's, if that's the only solution I have, that we all go and live on our own so we don't have to please everyone all the time. Thanks for listening. Do we have time for another voicemail? No, let's go to a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to do more. Ha ha ha. Ra ra ra. Hi, Alicia. This is Denise at Bright Chilla from San Francisco. Um, I'm calling about the Q&A I just listened to about um, where the woman was asking about changing her last name. This is the topic that I feel like I'm pretty passionate about and um, experienced in because I uh, I have changed my name before. Um, and my parents kind of went through this. So my mother kept her last name when she was... Um, when she got married, uh, she was a, you know, very strong feminist in the seventies in San Francisco. And, uh, they actually gave me a hyphenated last name. So I had both last names. Uh, I, I always appreciated that and like looked up to my mother and, uh, for her forward thinking and, you know, changing of a tradition. Uh, but on the other hand, it was a really long last name and it was a bit obnoxious to, you know, uh, just to write out and no one ever really knew, um, what it was. You, people always got my name mixed up. And, uh, anyways, I ended up just going by one last name, which was, ended up being my mother's name. Um, and I did actually change it when I was an adult. So I officially have my mother's maiden name as my last name. Um, so now that I'm getting married, it's, um, you know, been a a big question for me of what should I do? You know, this is a name that I feel very connected to. And, um, um, but anyways, I've always, um, just appreciate when people have a conversation about it and it's not just, um, an assumption. I think that's one of my, um, my biggest pet peeves is when people just assume that you're changing your last name and they assume that you're going to be Mrs. So-and-so. Um, you know, you wouldn't assume that necessarily with a same-sex couple. You wouldn't assume one person is changing their name. Um, so, yeah, I think it's appropriate to at least question it and not just say, oh, I'm just changing my last name because that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, at least ask yourself and your fiancé the question of, do I want to change my last name or do you want to change our last name or we both change it together. Um, I've actually heard of people combining their last names, creating a new last name, um, you know, so they can have their own unique last name for a family. Um, but anyways, for myself, I did, I felt this connection to my last name, but I also um, wanted that connection of family and having the same last name as my fiance and you know, our, our future children, um, that was something that I was important to me. So when I started talking to my fiance about it, he actually, um, decided to change his last name and take mine, um, which was really sweet and, you know, makes me, I like telling people that people are, get a little surprised and sometimes, sometimes caught off guard. Um, but yeah, uh, so I didn't, um, one of the things for him was that he really liked my last name. I just have the better last name. My last name's Rule, like as in the Golden Rule, and his name is Rob. So he wants to be Rob Rule, and I think that's great. Another thing for him is that his last name doesn't hold a lot of connection to him. He's not very close with his um, family, and he kind of I think appreciated 
the feeling of becoming a part of my family and, and creating our new a new family together. Um, that was something that was important to him. So I didn't actually believe him at first um, that he wanted to change it. I didn't think he was very serious about it. Um, but recently he just changed his Instagram uh, handle to future Mr. Rule. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cute and um, it made it uh, official. <laughs> uh, all we have to do is sign the papers. Uh, so anyways, that's kind of my story and my thought process that I went through. Um, and again, I think the biggest thing is that it shouldn't be an assumption that this is something that's going to happen just because it's a tradition and, um, and it's a, you know, a question to ask yourself, why am I doing this and what do I really want? And it's fine if you do want to change your name. I just appreciate the question being asked. Um, anyways, I hope that's helpful. It was nice to chat with you, Alicia. Uh, happy days, everyone. What a rock star. Gosh, Denise, you just get so many gold points, these amazing gold points that I give out. Like it's nobody's business, like they're real things, but you do. And <laughs> I just want to say Rob Rule is the best name and I would choose to be Rob Rule. So congratulations, Rob Rule. And your hilarious Instagram tag. I love that so much. And I totally agree with you, Denise. Changing your name is such a personal decision. And I'm very happy that I have booked another interview with the wonderful Feminist Bride uh, blogger. She is coming back on to talk all about name change. The toing and the froing that we... I was going to say we all have. Some people just go, no, I want to change my name. That's fine. But some people really struggle with it. Some people hyphenate. Some people don't change their name. Some people do what I do, and that's use two names because they can't decide. And I really like having the old McCormack identity. And then I use my married name for all the legal stuff, but it sort of feels good that I've got both names in play. (laughs) And a bit like the born identity. Although I don't have ID in McCormack very much anymore. You've got to choose these things. However, all the points that Denise made just then, I didn't even want to interrupt because she was truth-talking so much that it was I felt rude to cut in. But I can't agree with you more, Denise. It's such a great conversation to have. What a forward-thinking, amazing family you have. And also, I love that you're challenging um, as a family and also carrying this on. You're challenging these these traditions that don't really have meaning anymore. I think changing a name and having the same name is all about being a team and it's about connecting and coming together. And I really love that your parents and your family and your mum and you and your husband-to-be are all questioning, going, well, why does it have to be the boy's name? Can't it be my name? It's come together. You really just put a fire up me, under me, up me. (laughs) And uh, I felt very passionate about this. And I just love this message so much. So thank you again for sharing. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. You're binging, bride chillering, and welcome to the community. I love hearing from new listeners who just get it and go, okay, this show is for me because you're speaking about what I want to hear and you are challenging traditions, but also saying, do whatever you want. If you want to follow every freaking tradition in the book, great. As long as you're happy and it provides you with comfort and meaning and it means yeah, it means something to you, that's what I want to hear. So thank you, Denise. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm really glad to have you on Team Bride Chiller. Uh, I also want to say a big thank you to Amanda, who during the week sent me the most amazing email all about Maui and Hawaii. I've been talking about our upcoming trip to my beautiful cousin Belinda's wedding. 
I'm so excited about this, mainly, well, mainly because I can't wait to see her and Luke get hitched and share this celebration with our family. And it's really funny because um, we went to our lovely friend Alicia's wedding in France earlier in the year and Belinda's wedding. And, you know, it's funny because we've reached the age where we aren't going to weddings every second week. So, um, you know, it's a real treat to be a part of these celebrations and also talking about weddings so much. I'm just gagging to go to a wedding. And it's especially lovely that it's for someone that I love so much and just get along with. We're two peas in a pod, Miss Belinda and I. And anyway, so lovely Amanda sent me an amazing sort of tourism email saying, here are all the places that I would like to share because her and her fiance um, had visited Maui on a holiday. And it's just, I'm so grateful. So thank you, Amanda, special uh, shout out to you. I have added all of your suggestions to my special little folder of goodness. One thing she did say is to, there's some Hawaiian shaved ice. You get a snow cap with condensed milk on the top. My ass may, well, it's probably going to expand on this trip, but I'm fine because I'm going to go paddle boarding and who gives a shit? Just live life and let you ask, do whatever it needs to do. So Amanda, thank you. And thank you for everyone who is uh, continuing to send me amazing pictures of pineapple dresses. Keep them coming because I still haven't found exactly the one. I did find one this morning. I was on Shopstyle and I'm going through and I found this beautiful dress that had sort of like banana leaves all over it. It was very tropical. I'm like, Rich, this is the dress. And of course, I don't know if you're like me, my eye is drawn to pretty shiny things that I cannot afford. And when I was scrolling down, I'm like, this is the dress. <gasps> it's beautiful. Okay, I found the dress. And then, of course, <laughs> it's a Dolce & Gabbana. Dolce & Gabbana. Uh, banana print leaf dress. Google it. It's freaking amazing. And they've got it in a number of different styles. But prices for this dress start at... <sighs> 1,200 pounds, which is a pr- equivalent to like... I don't know, $1,600. You got to be fucking kidding. I actually, I'm going to search on Rent the Runway and see if they've got it. I doubt it because it's pretty shiny and flashy and gorgeous, but you never know. Rent the Runway is such a great place. Can I just say, again, if you want to wear something flashy but can't afford it, just rent it. Make it happen. (laughs) $1,600. I'm out of my mind. One day, one day. I don't know. Even with the cash, I still don't know if I would spend that much money on a dress. Oh, thank you so much, everyone, for your wonderful contributions. I've got a bunch of voice messages I'm really trying to keep up to date. I do ask special request if you have an urgent piece of advice needed or some feedback that relates to a recent episode, make sure when you write the email, you send a voice message, just let me know at the top that this is something that's quite timely. Because I do really uh, very much try, if you have a problem that needs to be solved quickly, I do really try and get onto it as fast as humanly possible. Like this very last message for the Q&A Thursday Bride Chiller episode, and it is from Erica, who did write to me and said, please, quickly, I'm getting married in three weeks. She says uh, she's from New York. She's been listening to the show for a few months. She's a big fan. Cheers. So she said, I wish I found you sooner and have already shared you with most of my recently engaged friends. Thank you. That is a really big thing. Personal recommendations go so far. Anyway, I'm writing because I am three weeks away from my wedding and I don't have an engagement ring. 
A prominent stone, oh no, fell out, and after a frantic call to the jeweller, we were given two options, either leave the ring as is and deal with this very noticeable missing stone or send it out to be serviced but risk not getting it back in time. Being the risk takers we are, my fiancé and I decided to send it out and now I'm panicked all over again. I know the wedding band is far more important, but I'm worried it will look odd. And we won't have the option to take photos of all the rings on the day. Do you have any advice or suggestions about what to do if the day comes and I have no engagement ring? Love you and thanks from New York, Erica. Erica, I feel your pain. This is very annoying. It's something that is completely out of your control. And I will say that on the wedding day, you're not going to be thinking, about that ring. But that's not the advice that you want to be hearing. I do think it's nice to have photos of rings and all that sort of stuff, but honestly, you I mean, I, I, I the tradition is and please correct me as you always happily do when I'm wrong. But usually you put your engagement ring on your other hand and then the wedding ring is during the service and then the wedding ring is placed on the ring finger and then you transfer your engagement ring back if you so wish or just wear the wedding ring. I know people like to take photos of stacks of rings, all that sort of shit, but it's not really like something, well, I don't think it's something that you're going to look back if it's not there, if it's missing from photographs and go, oh, I wish I had that photo of those ring stacks. That wedding is not the same without those ring stacks. One thing you can do is just, this is, people are going to probably kick me for this, but to say, if you really feel like, you know, not having a ring and it's going to look weird, is just to go and buy a cheapy fakie and no one is going to know. Just find something that looks like your other ring, unless it's an amazingly spectacular ring that you're never going to find a duplicate of um but if you want to wear something flashy you could just invest in one of those faux stones gosh people are probably cringing at home that i'm suggesting this but if you just want something to wear because people are like where's the ring no but you know i have faith i also have faith that a jeweler if you ride their asses and i mean ride their asses and do it in a bright chiller way be perky be polite but be personable and by that i mean just to casually call a few times, not like harass them. We're not being psychopaths, but just to say, just checking, um, you know, with two two weeks countdown, just wondering if you could give me an update on whether it may or may not make it because we, you know, obviously we're, we're really happy that you're helping us and we're very grateful that you're putting that stone back in. But I would really love to have it on my wedding day. It would mean so much to me. So if there's anything that you could do to help me get that going, I'll be eternally grateful kisses and you know it's just funny and not funny I mean it's just human nature how much just making a call like that and being a bit smushy and being humble and lovely and charming as I know you can be uh, I think Erica you will succeed I really feel that the ring gods will come and shine upon you and bring you that ring back but as I said if you don't have the ring really it's a shame maybe but who cares honestly you're amazing. Your partner's amazing. You're going to have an amazing day. Who gives a shit? And with that ray of sunshine and positivity, my beautiful bride chillers and groom chillers, I'm going to wish you adieu. There are some adieu. That's the, the most Australian thing. I'll wish you adieu. There are some fun, exciting things afoot. Rich and I are developing an app. We are doing a bride chiller app. It makes me so excited to say this because this has been under the hood for quite a while. It's coming... I don't know. I would say in the next 
six weeks if all technological things go to plan and we are so excited because we've been trying to figure out how to make Bride Chiller a little bit more of an actual business and also how to please you in a very uh, satisfying way and provide you with a piece of technology that's going to work and also start a membership site. So we will be doing some subscription-based uh, special episodes and also the back catalogue will be moving into a subscription-based format, which really excites me because earlier in the year I put out a big survey about uh, asking people, would they pay to access the over 120 hours of content that I've produced over the last two years? I'm about to hit my two-year birthday of producing podcasts and this is so exciting for us. It's a real achievement to be able to reach this stage of getting the app made and also having your support. It will not be a very expensive uh, membership situation. We'll be giving you more details about that as the weeks come and we have a release date. But I'm grateful for your support and I know that a lot of you will contribute and be a part of it because I know that you value what I do. So that's my little announcement. It's quiet. It's low key. Rich said, don't make a big deal about it. Be cool. But I'm really excited. Until Monday's episode of the show, my dear friends, I thank you for your support, encouragement and contributions and spending this time with me. And I wish you happy days.